You are listening to The Stream UK, an Alison and Partners podcast. Welcome to The Stream UK, an Alison and Partners podcast. My name is Andrew Rogers. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of our podcast here. Joining me live here in the London studio is digital account manager Jess Doherty. Now prepare yourselves because things are about to get a little bit meta. Today's podcast is all about podcasts, uh, or in this case, we're specifically looking at podcast marketing and how brands can effectively communicate via the ever-growing medium. Don't worry, we won't be explaining the basics of podcasts. After all, if you're hearing our voices, then I can make a fairly good bet that you know what a podcast is already. But podcasts are also one of the fastest growing media out there. They're disproportionately reaching a younger and more affluent audience. So one in five young adults now listen to podcasts at least once a week. And one in five regular podcast listeners own over £100,000 per year. They're influential and valuable consumers. So it's no surprise that brands want to get in front of them. I'm really pleased that Jess has been able to take the time to pop into the studio. She's a bit of a podcast expert here at Allison and Partners, as well as one of our specialists in all things digital marketing. We've got lots to dig into here. But as we're both pretty big podcast listeners, why don't we start with having a bit of a chat about some of our favorite podcasts and maybe we kick off with what was your favorite podcast of all time and maybe even what was the first podcast you really properly listened to? Gosh, first of all, thanks so much for having me in the studio. It's great to be here. Yeah, big question. So I think I'll start with the first podcast I ever listened to and quite nicely ties into my favorite podcast of all time it was recommended to me by one of my best friends and I think it says a lot about how the podcast um, network and podcasting in general has started to grow over the last five years my favorite podcast of all time is call your girlfriend it's these two women they're best friends and they live on opposite sides of the US and they meet every week and talk about um, the latest topics subjects whether that's political uh, about healthcare, whether that's you know, about meditation or the latest trends. They get together and they talk about what they care about and they share that with a wider community. And I think that's where podcasting really started. It was a great way to reach out to a community globally that you might not have been able to in a way that feels like you're sitting in a room with a close friend. Another podcast which I've really enjoyed recently and is slightly more applicable to my everyday job is the Buffer podcast. It's called The The Science of Social Media. What I love about the Buffer podcast is that it is between 8 and 15 minutes long every time. So it's a great thing to listen to on the tube in the morning. And it gives me like the top news or the top trends and topics that have come up in, in social media marketing during that, that last week. I think interestingly for me, my first introduction to podcasts was really not necessarily knowing that it was podcasts themselves, but right. through some of the shows that the BBC puts out. So with the BBC Radio 4 catch-up programs that are very much packaged up and marketed as podcasts along with their BBC Sounds platform. But I do remember especially things such as Dead Ringers, the News Quiz, and then uh, In Our Time and some of their documentary-style programs there. That, that was, I think, probably the gateway for me that then led to discovering more of the, more of the podcasts that you're talking about, which are friends chatting or like interesting topics or discovering areas you might not have really looked into before. And what I think is super interesting about the two the two types of podcasts that we've talked about just so far is you can see how they play off one another, how each has developed to emulate or to pick out certain elements of um, each of their styles. So when you take the, the BBC podcast, tend to be more highly produced, highly scripted, 
And we've seen a sort of trend towards them becoming more conversational, more one-to-one conversations, um, which kind of mirrors how the podcasting boom started off with, with, you know, people getting together to talk as friends about stuff they care about. And I do sometimes feel like the let's start a podcast is the new yeah then you're like let's go on a road trip it's like let's start a podcast together I love it we can start a business let's start a podcast yeah that's exactly right so obviously we're both big podcast fans and I imagine that if you're listening to this you're at least open to being a podcast fan but I really want to drill more into where brands fit into this and where where they can look at it because of course with any new medium that emerges there are those opportunities to reach consumers there but also to do so in in a sensitive way that that really makes sense for the platform so I guess my question for you to kick off with is why do you think podcasting has been working well for some brands and and why do you think those that were early to get into it really have seen success there so I mean we've talked about this a lot offline um, but I think what is really interesting is that it is a way to reach out directly to really well-defined communities. As digital marketers we spend a lot of time trying to carve out and pin down exactly who we're talking to when we're presenting them with our with our content and you know we'll talk about measurement in a bit but it's so important to be able to say who we're speaking to, what message we're trying to get across to them and what the return on investment is on each of our outputs. So I think podcasting really does a great job of that. The great thing about podcasts is that it gives you the opportunity to talk about and get involved in really niche subjects where your brand might not otherwise um, be speaking or directing the conversation on social media or your blog, for example. You can really hone in on key days or topics or trends throughout the year by partnering with existing podcasts and podcast hosts. For example, uh, if it's World Environment Day or you want to get involved in more seasonal topics, you can partner with organizations or hosts to get your brand message across and you know share your brand values and talk about what you care about, what's really important. It, I think there's a big trend towards, I don't know if you've seen this too, towards humanizing brands and podcasts does a really great job of that by giving your brand a voice in a way that other media just doesn't. And it certainly gives it a lot more personality. I mean, when you compare an advert that you might see at a bus stop compared to having a few people, and we'll drill more into this later, but having a few people talking about why they love a product or why a product is interesting or useful and and how it's potentially changed their own lives, that is making such a big difference because you can really put yourself in the shoes of of the people uh, chatting about that product. A hundred percent. And what I love about podcasts and what brands love about podcasts is that there's a built-in feedback loop, which you don't get with visual display ads, or you have to work really hard to get feedback on display ads that is impartial uh, and unaffected by the people that have created it. Podcasts by nature generate this beautiful community that are more actively offering feedback on the content. So you can tweak not just the content that you produce in further podcasts, but the products that you place on shelves or um, the way that you talk about your product so that you're building on your brand experience outside of that network on its own and making a larger impact on, on the whole. I think what's also really interesting is that compared to television and video, it tends to be a much more affordable option. You need a bit of equipment which we can talk about as well but it tends to be like I say it tends to be a bit cheaper in terms of the cost to get started so it's a great way for up-and-coming sort of startup brands to start to join the conversation without without too much cost and you mentioned the kind of startup and the startup costs and I imagine there'll be some people listening to this podcast today and asking the question okay well how can I 
get involved with that how can I start my podcast or where should I be getting started because it's a bit daunting as well if you're not an expert and you don't know the medium well it, it can be a bit of a stressful time to put it together but it really needn't be we recently put together a blog post for the Allison and Partners website that really was that quick start guide for brands looking to, to start in their adventure in podcasting. Um, and I know we had three different sections within that blog on how brands can kick off. I don't know if we want to maybe chat a bit about those three main ways we identified in terms of how to get involved. I know the first one was looking at creating their own, which is probably the biggest undertaking, but probably the most interesting as well. Yeah, absolutely. Let's cover off the the three options because then we can give a bit of a a balanced view of where you might want to get started. So the first way is to create your own series. It can be really daunting, as you say, but it is a great way to speak to a specific audience and, you know, maintain a clear message um, from your brand. Podcasting uh, requires a small amount of commitment in terms of budget for equipment, but the biggest investment you'll need to make is time. And that time should be split sort of 50-50 between really identifying your audience, making sure that you know who you're speaking to, who you're targeting, and creating content that fits their needs. I think that's really vital. And I think where we've seen podcasts fail in the, in the past have been where they have missed the mark in terms of the kinds of people and audiences that are engaging and listening to their content. The second thing is obviously planning. Uh, there's a couple of ways in which you can put together your podcasts. Um, different hosts do it different ways, and so do different brands. One easy way to make sure that all your content is consistent is to get together and record all of your podcasts in one go. So say you're going to do 10 episodes in a series, a great way to make sure that you're all in the same mindset and that the theme runs smoothly throughout all of the content is to book some studio time and get together and record all the content in the same week that way then there's a defined time period it doesn't take up so much budget in terms of booking studio time but there is the option if you want to have a slightly more topical program to book time whether that's every month every two weeks in the studio or even like we have to create our own And you're pulling back the curtain a little bit here and people are getting a bit of a a look at what we're doing. But from our own experience here at Allison and Partners, putting together a podcast has been something that we've been able to to do relatively quickly with the right equipment and the right expertise. And I think that's really the main thing is just having the right equipment in place, but then the right ideas in terms of what you want to talk about and what it is that you're trying to put in each episode. Yeah, absolutely. And then the biggest bit of advice if you're going to start your own podcast is just be bold Say what you want to say, make sure your message is clear and talk to the mic like you would a friend. So it's interesting that you mentioned kind of specific audiences because here at Allison and Partners, we've been working with a global health brand uh, that really speaks to a very specific audience with, with the medical condition that they uh, help to, to manage. And in that case, they've been able to do such a great job of identifying those key influencers in the space who have really interesting things to say, but also that audience who really do want to hear from people within that community who are able to give useful help and useful advice and create a series that's really interesting, but also very specific to, to a group that's not necessarily getting that kind of content already. Absolutely. And what we're seeing here, that example in particular, is an evolution of what used to be 
forums that took you ages to dig through to get the answers that you were looking for this is a great way to speak directly to and with I mean you can have them in the room with you that's what's beautiful you can have your advocates and your customers all in a space recording the podcast uh, whether that's in live events which we've seen work really well or in this um, series format whereby you have a guest every week you can invite them into your space and make sure that the content that you're creating really speaks to them and for them and I think that 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 has worked really well I think something else to to bear in mind if you're considering creating your own podcast is how you're going to distribute it it's really important that after you spent all this valuable time creating a great content a great narrative and making sure your story is heard that it gets to the ideal end user. And I mean, there's a few ways in which you can do that. There's a few tools, which I'd just like to give a shout out to. Um, so a couple of tools like Anchor and Simplecast, we found work really well to publish to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as other podcast services. You can also manually add your podcast to different different networks if you wish to, but we find that a distribution tool really helps us to make sure it gets the best reception across all of the networks. It's interesting that we're starting to talk about the the brands themselves and um, the platforms on which we place the podcasts. What we've seen and what we've read from uh, Spotify's CEO, Daniel, in February of this year is that they predict 20% of all content on their platform will be podcasts, which is a great shift uh, in terms of the trends in the last couple of years. And that's matched by their pledge to spend over $500 million over the course of 2019 investing in um, their podcasting services, both in terms of the ways in which we upload and add new content, but also in terms of something that people don't talk about a lot, which is SEO. So the searchability of content within their own platform. So making it easier, A, for users to find the content they like and enjoy, um, whether that's working on the recommendations engine so that, you you know, when you see the new playlists and, and songs that, that work for you, they'll be doing a similar thing with, with podcasting, which we haven't seen yet, but I think will be a massive benefit to brands. And of course, being featured in one of those recommended sections can be huge for a podcast. I mean, that could, that's launched entire podcasts in the past. And I imagine for any brands trying to fit that space, it's about not just getting the attention within the small audience that you already speak to, but breaking out wider and, and those recommended slots and also being able to be found in searches is going to be such a huge part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think what really matters about podcasts now, while we can plan for the future and new recommendations engines and get really technical about the content and how we place it on different platforms, it's, it's important to think back and really focus on your key message and the reason for adopting a new tactic like this. One example of a brand that's done this really well in the past is Sainsbury's. Um, they've been working with an existing podcast and key influencers within the sector to host live recordings and also a series called Get It Off Your Breasts. They found that A large percentage of women uh, agreed that traditional advertising was leaving women feeling not great about themselves or their bodies when they exited the changing room. And they really wanted to change perceptions. And what I think they did well by partnering with well-known authors, broadcasters and existing podcasters like Emma Gannon was that they could speak directly to their audience with women who had experienced the same issues coming out of of changing rooms and it was great that they 
took this on themselves as a brand to try and fix it and they used a new method it worked well so you give me a fantastic segue into the next part of our podcast which is talking about those brands that might not feel they're ready to create their own podcast series themselves but do want to get involved in podcasts by partnering with some of those shows that are already out there or potentially with personalities who are already quite used to the world of of podcasting so a few different ways to do this i suppose one of them is going down the sponsorship route and one is getting a bit more involved in terms of those partnerships like the one you mentioned with Sainsbury's so I don't know what our advice would be for any brands that are looking more at the sponsorship side of things absolutely so I think the most important thing to do again I keep harking on about it but really knowing your audience is the first thing so really knowing who you want to talk to and then going out and looking for podcasts that speak to that same demographic. As we said, podcasts tend to skew, podcast audiences tend to skew much younger. So that's something to bear in mind. But you can go ahead and ask existing podcast hosts for the latest data. They often host surveys and reviews and feedback forms. And so they tend to have a great idea of who they're existing audience are and what they care about so have an honest conversation with a couple of hosts that you think could work for your brand um, and then you can go from there I think you need to have a serious think and be quite level-headed about the way in which you approach it so understand what you have to give and also what they can get from your experience so really have a clear idea of your key opinion leaders within the organization and what their key skill set might be, what kind of advice and support they can offer to the existing audiences. What we found with podcasts is that um, they tend to be, on average, 10 times cheaper to get involved with than visual advertising or visual partnerships with brands or, for example, with existing YouTube influencers. It's a really saturated market at the moment. And so podcasts, while they're rising in terms of their popularity, are still a great opportunity to get involved with low-level cost associations. So I think now is the time, if any, to get moving and get involved. I think it's funny with with podcast ads, I've seen a few things on Twitter before making fun of the difference between US and UK podcast hosts when they're promoting products. Yeah. So the joke was with the, your US podcast hosts, they're all enthusiastic and they're saying, this is the best product ever, it's changed my life, I couldn't live without it. And then you get your UK podcast host, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm terribly sorry to interrupt, but uh, I, I really do think you should consider this product maybe, you know, it, maybe have a go, maybe have a look. And I think it's interesting how culturally we have those a very similar format in terms of how we advertise on podcasts, but how it's presented is actually quite different. The tone is really different, and I think that's important to take into consideration. I think the adverts work best when it's the host or the presenter uh, speaking about your product and giving their genuine recommendation. I think what I love about, one of the things I love um, about my favourite podcast, which we mentioned before, which is Call Your Girlfriend, is that all of the podcast sponsorship slots are spoken by and to the CYG audience so anything they ever push or present or talk about um, to the audience they give their own opinions on and that gives you a real sense of authenticity and legitimacy to the brand you know that they wouldn't lie to you so you're more likely then to go on and make a purchase yeah and 
I feel like when it comes to working with influencers, authenticity is so important. And we've reached a point where I think most people are actually quite skeptical when it comes to the people they follow on Instagram, the people that they're watching on YouTube. But when it comes to podcasts, I actually think that most people think that the majority of, of ads are pretty genuine and come directly from the host recommendations. And that's something that is so valuable to brands and something that really should be leaned into where, where they can. Absolutely. A podcast is a really personal experience. The majority of people listen to podcasts on their own. They listen to them in the evening. They listen to them on the walk to work. And so that personal experience, you know, spreads onto the way in which you respond to advertisers' content. I think that's reflected, A, in the tone that people use and B, in the reception um, in terms of, yeah, like we've said, you're much more likely to go on and make a purchase after you've heard about a brand being recommended by what feels like a friend. And I feel like a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast right now who might be thinking about setting up their own podcasts uh, from a branding point of view might be saying, okay, that sounds great, love the idea, really want to create some amazing content, but it's an investment, I'm going to have to spend some money to get a really good result. What am I actually going to see out of it? And that brings me on to having a bit more of a conversation about measurement, because for so many brands, they need to know what they're getting out of their investment when it comes to podcasts. The good news is there are lots of ways to measure it. So maybe we should have a bit of a chat about that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, So there's loads of ways to measure the success of a podcast. There's four that I'll talk about right now. Uh, The first is downloads and listens, obviously critical um, piece of data, but it's not the only way to measure the success of a podcast. The second is all about social media engagement. The two work hand in hand in terms of driving more people to listen to your content. So it's important to make sure that you set up good social media schedules in terms of the content, but also great tracking so you can see what's working and tweak and adjust to match that. The third is trackable calls to action across all marketing material. So if you talk about your podcast on the blog, have a link to download and listen. If you talk about it on Twitter, if you talk about it at events, make sure that the link is really easy uh, to access and that it's trackable in terms of when you then look at your analytics, you can say, you know, this event works best for driving content to this topic on our podcast. And then the fourth and most important is the rankings and reviews. You'll see a lot of times, or you'll have listened a lot of times, to podcasts that you love, and they'll often ask you to rate and review. Reviews are a large part of how platforms rank content, and so they play a huge role in terms of the searchability of the content itself. So making sure that your podcast is set up and asking for reviews on a regular basis will help to push your content up to the top of the feed. And on that note, if you like this podcast, make sure you're giving it a great review wherever you listen to your podcast. Just a little bit of a plug there while we're discussing it. I love it. I love <laughs> it. So in terms of being able to measure the impact you're having, when you're creating your own branded podcast, there are so many key metrics you should be keeping an eye on. When it comes to sponsorship and ads that you've placed within podcasts, how can brands measure the impact there? So... I think what's important during the discovery phase is to make sure that the relationship you have with the podcast host is open and honest and that they're providing you with the analytics that you need to determine that return on investment. You can also take a look at key statistics like downloads and listens and you can track the engagement on your own channels as well. I think sometimes what brands forget to do or to integrate into their into their current marketing strategy is is podcasts where they do happen there is a great case for letting a an isolated piece of marketing 
uh, fly on its own and seeing how it operates. But you get the best results when you invite people to join the conversation. So do make sure that if you are a guest speaker on a podcast, that you're letting your marketing team know and integrating that with the comms so that they can make sure it gets the best visibility possible. And I also want to ask you very quickly about discount codes. Because anyone who's listened to a podcast ad will know that they want you to use their special discount code on a special page, which I guess for the uninitiated might seem quite random and quite strange, but absolutely isn't when it comes to looking at how we measure the success of campaigns. Absolutely. Discount codes are a great way to track engagement from a brand perspective. And they're also, you'll have seen them on on other media formats like Instagram. They have codes whereby you can track and measure the impact of a specific specific ad or marketing tactic, but you can also then build up an advocate scheme. So another concern that some people listening to this podcast might have is say, okay, great, I'll start my podcast, really looking forward to it, but I'm a UK brand. So is this really relevant for me? I know that lots of people in America listen to podcasts while they're driving to work. It's really popular over there, but I'll be hitting the wrong audience. So really, it's not really worth my time. Is that a concern that people should have? It's not a concern that people should have. It's a concern that we've heard voiced a number of times with our own clients. And what I'd like to say is that 4.2 million people listen to podcasts every week in the UK, which is absolutely astonishing. And 2.7 million of those people don't actively listen to radio. So if you think that by targeting larger radio stations or even local radio stations that you're meeting those criteria and that you're speaking to the core demographic we've talked about earlier, which skews quite young, then you're missing the mark and you're missing a great opportunity to have your brand heard. What's interesting about listeners in the UK is that as opposed to listening to podcasts in the car on the way to work, they're listening most of the time, 42% of the time, with their smartphone, with their headphones on. So it's quite like an isolated experience, very personal experience. And podcast audiences actively choose to listen to your content. And you can track how long the average listener stays on a podcast for, which is a great metric um, in terms of how engaged they are with the content itself and with your brand. I do think that sometimes because it's such a private medium and because you're right, we we wouldn't normally play it out loud. You do get much more intimate discussion topics. You tend to have people talking a lot more about personal aspects of their lives or you can have much more explicit content on, on podcasts. And I think that also opens up potentially audiences that brands might want to reach and also potentially gives brands a chance to let their hair down a little bit with how they're talking about themselves. Yeah, I think it does. I think we've seen that a number of times. There's a few podcasts that come automatically to mind and that are mentioned in our blog, uh, which you should go ahead and read after this if you haven't already. My dad wrote a, wrote a porno, which is a great podcast, and also a new podcast from Estée Lalonde called On The Line. She brings in different brand experts, but also influencers that she knows well, and they tackle and, and talk about specific subjects. It can be anything from meditation to menstruation. I think you can tackle a lot more specific and personal subjects than you might do on a blog or a video or at an event, for example. So we're almost out of time. But before we wrap up, I do want to talk a little bit about predictions for the future of podcasts. Where do we think it's all heading? So have we reached peak podcast or is there a lot more growth to happen? What are the trends that you see? Great question. I think podcasts are 
not stopping now. I think that we'll see a massive increase in the number of brands getting involved, which is why I think it's so important for companies to start to think about how they can get in early and make the most of the great deals and the great opportunity to speak directly to specific audiences now. I think that what we'll start to see is more of a trend towards much more specific and niche topics as well as sort of community building and these we've talked about it a bit but not a lot during this time more of these live events I think that um, what we've seen podcasts do really well is create great communities online and sort of bringing that conversation offline and integrating it with our larger marketing mix for example events or conferences um, and holding live recordings I think we'll see much more of that but I'd be really interested to hear what you think Well, I think an interesting thing for us to keep an eye on in the UK is how BBC Sounds develops. I think the move from taking radio content and moving it more to more to an on-demand podcast system and then using that to blend up-and-coming shows with the kind of old favourites that people know and love actually gives that opportunity for potentially a slightly older audience to start accessing some of these more new-to-market podcasts. And I think it could be interesting to see where that goes. I also do think that at some point we're going to reach a stage where we do start to see brands in a slightly more sceptical light on podcasts. I think we already are starting to see some brand tie-ups that don't necessarily always feel as authentic as they should do. And I think that we will reach a situation where podcast hosts are going to have to be a bit more choosy with the brands they work with. And that definitely ties with what you've said already in terms of chat to hosts before you get involved make sure that the audience is right because if it's not it's not going to suit anyone and nobody's going to win absolutely i totally agree i think that um aging demographic is something that's really interesting in terms of how we're seeing them engage with content the kinds of podcasts they're getting involved in it's certainly a piece that we're looking to research more and i know that the google algorithm has been shifting a bit recently to promote podcasts even more within search results Yeah, we see that in SERP features. We see that reflected in the featured content that appears at the top of the search. In the past, we've seen a lot of content where it shows, you'll have seen like top 10 pieces, like blog pieces, or it will show shoppable links, or it will show images, um, featured images for search results. Now we're seeing much more audio content being pushed to the top of our feeds. And do you ever think that brands would take the step of ditching their blogs in favour of podcasts? Or is there always going to be a place for the written blog? I think that so much of what's covered in podcasts is more authentic and and genuinely more valuable than than blog content can be. I think that what we might see effectively is the show notes turning into the written blog content, um, which tend to be much richer in terms of the links and tips and advice that you get from podcast written or hosted by brands. So I think we might see kind of a partnership to begin with. Written content is really important for search. And so I think that there is definitely value in having that included on your website. But we can see that there is a shift towards audio content and that should be reflected in in our marketing strategies going forward. And final quickfire question, what should people listen to if they're going to download one podcast on their way home today? What should they be downloading? 
If I had to pick one, I'd probably say go ahead and download Control-Alt-Delete, which is hosted by Emma Gannon. Um, she brings in guests and talks to them about their relationship with the internet. So where it can be, you know, guests like Lena Dunham or Julian Anderson, they get together and talk about how the internet has impacted their lives. And it can be from like very B2B and a B2C perspective. So I think it gives you a good mix of tips and tricks for both work and your personal life. And with that, Jess, thank you so much for joining us here in the studio today and taking time out of your day. Thank you. And thank you to you at home as well for listening. Make sure you stay tuned to the Stream UK. It's the best place to get all the analysis and insights from Alison and Partners here in London. Uh, if you like this podcast, then make sure you subscribe on iTunes, on Google Podcasts or on Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcasts. And maybe leave us a little bit of a review as well while you've got the time. Uh, and remember, you can always get the latest episode right here at alisonpr.co.uk forward slash stream. Thanks so much for stopping by. Mm-hmm.